0: Judges chapter number 2 tonight, I'm watching the time. And that all took me longer than I wanted, so I'll I'll do my best and try not to preach real long. And I really just have a simple thought I want to try to get across tonight. If the Lord would allow me to do that. Judges chapter number 2. We'll look at verse number 7. The Bible says there, And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being an hundred and ten years old. They buried him in the border of his inheritance in timnath Harez in the mountain of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gaash. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose an other generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Father, I pray in the next few minutes you bless the preaching of your word. God, I don't know this church tonight. I don't know these people. I don't know the needs in their hearts. But Lord, I pray that you'd simply use the word of God tonight by your spirit and speak to every heart in the way that you would see fit. Guide me now as I preach and just guide my lips and my thoughts and my words, I pray. May I be a vessel that you can simply use and speak through in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible makes an important statement here after Joshua has passed on. The Bible says, and uh, the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua because he was a good leader. He was a good man of God. And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel but in verse number 10, the Bible tells us that there's a, there's a revelation that God makes known to us. He said also, all that generation, so Joshua's generation and the generation of the elders, all that generation were gathered under their fathers, and sadly, the Bible says this, there arose an other generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. If I could give the message a title tonight, I, I'd Title it this, in the times in which we live, the real pandemic, amen? Amen. We've been told there's a pandemic for the last two years. I don't know if you believe that or not. I don't believe it, Uh, not on the scale that they say. But this is a pandemic here that God writes about, a spiritual pandemic. That is far worse than any physical pandemic that's ever taken place in our world. A generation arising up, he says, that did not know the Lord. These are the children of those that served under Joshua and under the elders that outlived Joshua. And the Bible says about them in verse 7. They had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. They saw it and they knew God. So here's my question. How come their children didn't? That's a problem. That's a great problem. And can I say, we can look around this country today, and, and and around Canada, around North America, where there are people that know the Lord, and knew the Lord, and knew the works that God had done. But there are generations after generations arising of children and young people that do not know the Lord. I think back in the 40 plus years that I've lived, and and my parents' generation and the generation before that, man, some great men of God, some great things that happened in this country, some great churches were started, and and great ministries, and people were saved. And and then in in my parents' generation, it seems like maybe that lessened just a little bit. And sadly, now, even in my generation, uh, uh, those that are my age, it, it doesn't seem like Christianity is growing. It doesn't seem like the truth is marching on, though I wish it was. It seems like there's fewer and fewer and fewer. And folks, I'm not a real intelligent individual. But even if we never reached anybody outside of our own families, but we just reached our children and our grandchildren to know the Lord and the works that he has done, should we not have been multiplying in the last two generations? Should there not be more now than there were before? And I don't know the stats, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. He said there arose a generation that didn't know the Lord. Sad statement. And didn't know the works that he had done for Israel. They could have known the Lord. They could have known the works that he did for them. There was no reason that they couldn't. They should have known. You say, why? Because their parents did, God said. They knew God. They knew the works that he had done. Uh, that, that generation lived through deliverance from Egypt. Their parents, uh, we know that those uh, 20 years old and upward that died in the wilderness. And then they wandered for 40 years. So, so this generation that knew the Lord, they probably came up as children. They might have been kids when the Red Sea parted. And God brought them out of Israel and Pharaoh's army drowned. But they saw it. They lived through it. Amen? Amen. And uh, they were there uh, when that Red Sea parted. They were sustained by the grace of God in the wilderness. They might have just been children that mom and dad sent out and said, Hey, go pick up the manna that God sent us today. I mean, wouldn't that have been something? Wouldn't that have been amazing to say to your kids, Hey, hey, son, go, go outside and get the manna that God sent last night. And I'd say it that way every day because that's what God did. Every day he supplied their need. And after a little while it was gone and it wasn't there till the next morning. But they they were there in their youth and probably saw when Moses hit the rock and the water came out. Amen. They were there when they, they followed through that wilderness, the cloud by day. Thank God for the cloud in the wilderness. Amen. We were out in the badlands yesterday and it started out cloudy. But as we were driving, we could see where the clouds stopped and the sky opened up and it was blue and it was sunny. And thank God we were going that way, amen, because my daughter wanted to be there when the sun went down for the sunset. And, uh, and God worked all of that out. But I thought about that when we were driving. I said, man, you know, it was, it was cool. And, and 40 mile an hour winds, 60 mile an hour gusts. You know, I go to take a picture and my wife is like, don't get too close to the edge. You're going to blow off. Amen. And honestly, it was cool. We get out at some spots and we didn't spend real long and we get back in the car and warm up, drive to the next place, get out, take some, I mean, we're from Canada. We should have been able to handle this. She's from Florida. She's never been able to handle it. But I thought I'd much rather be doing it on a day like this than a day when it's 85 degrees and a clear sky. And and then I was like, man, thank God for the cloud. Because I'd rather do it like, when they were in the wilderness, thank God for the cloud. Amen. And then the pillar of fire by night when it was dark, man, it lit the place up. So they felt protected and secure because the presence of God was there. I mean, they saw all of this. They knew what it was. They knew what was going on. They understood all of that. They were there when when God passed it on the torch to Joshua, and they went into Jericho, amen? And they were there when they marched around for six days in silence, probably wondering, when are they going to let us talk? When are they going to let us do something? You know what God was doing? He He was building it up, amen? So when it got to the seventh day, they weren't going to be like Baptists. They were really going to shout. And then the walls are going to come down. Amen? I mean, I, I think about, I've been boiling over after six days. Amen? And I'm not even a talkative person. I'm an introvert, honestly. And, uh, but after six days of saying nothing, I'd be ready to roar. Amen? They were there for that. They saw that. And they just saw, boom, God take the city out. And they, and they took it over and, and they got the spoils and all of that. But they saw God do all of those things. They lived it. They experienced it. They viewed it with their own eyes. But they raised children that didn't know God. Nor the works that he had done for Israel for them. They raised a generation. They saw God do great things yet they failed They had great successes, but they failed to pass on the knowledge of God and His works to their own children. I hope you get a hold of this tonight. God said of their kids, they knew not the Lord. They don't know the works that I did for you. So, God said about their kids. That's a sad statement, that's a somber statement. Number two here, we see a reason, not just a revelation. What is the reason? The reason is they didn't pass it on. Can I make a statement here tonight? If you don't know God, mom and dad, your children probably never will. I didn't say if you're not saved. There's a difference. There's a difference of being saved and knowing God. Paul said that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his suffering. Being made conformable unto his death. Those are three great expressions of, of, of knowing God. He didn't say that I may be saved. He was saved. He was saved in a miraculous way. But he wanted more than that. So many of us are content with our testimony. And a testimony is a wonderful thing. Maybe you were saved in a miraculous way like the Apostle Paul. Amen? Thank God for it. But you ought to want more than that. And listen, if you don't know God, I mean know God personally, have a daily relationship with him, can talk to him and hear his voice. Your children probably never will. You say, well, Brother Doug, I'm here tonight and my parents weren't saved. They died and went to hell, but I'm in church tonight and I'm saved and I know God. You are the exception to the rule. Just because they're exception doesn't mean that it's not the majority. If God isn't real in your life, He probably won't be real in your children's life. Can I say this? Just because if you know God, let me say it this way. If you know God, your children are not guaranteed to know God. There was a generation here that knew God. They knew and saw the works that he did. But their children knew not the Lord. So just because you know God tonight doesn't mean that your children will. A generation that knew not the works of the Lord. Just because you, dad and mom, do doesn't mean that they will. You know what you have to do? You have to pass it on. And I ask you tonight, what are you passing on to your children? It needs to be more than salvation. Oh, we plead with God, and I hope we plead with God that our children will be saved. I have six children and and I, I feel very confident in their testimony of salvation at this point in all of their lives. And I thank God for that. I thank God that they're saved. But I want my kids to be more than saved. I want them to know God and have a personal relationship with God and see God do works in their lives and see God do great things in their lives and see God answer their prayers and see God use them. Because if he doesn't use our children in the next generation to come, who is he going to use? What are we passing on? Are you passing on that testimony of salvation? Can I ask you this? Do, do your children know your personal testimony? If, if somebody asked your child, how did your dad get saved? How did your mom get saved? Do they know? You, you know, the worst thing to do is go to a funeral of someone. And not know if they were saved. My grandmother died uh, before we actually got to the mission field. We were on deputation. And, and she professed to be saved. But the, the latter years of her life, she never went to church. She had some other things that she dealt with. And, and I never really knew if grandma was saved. And, and you know, uh, after her funeral, we were at the house there one day. And I went inside and 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 I, I looked over. And I just happened to see up on, they had the old metal cabinets that you could stick stuff to. And if you were like my grandparents, they were covered, amen? Magnets and stuff everywhere. But my grandfather had up there on that that cabinet door in the kitchen, I still remember it being there, a baptismal certificate of my grandmother's. Now listen, I know baptism doesn't save you. But I know that she went to a church that had she not made a solid profession of faith, they would not have baptized her. And so the Lord maybe let me see that to reassure me that though in the latter years of her life she wasn't living the way she should, that she still had trusted Christ. But listen, grandma and grandpa, do your grandkids know your testimony? Do they know when you got saved and how you got saved and what the Lord did in your heart? And and, and have you even expressed to them how you felt and the conviction, the tears, whatever it was? They ought to know that. But you know, most of our kids don't know. They couldn't answer that question. Do your your children know that you have a daily walk with God? Do they see you walk with God? I'll never forget the time someone I know very well told me this. They said I never saw and and grew up in a Christian home. But I don't ever remember seeing my mother read her Bible. Have your kids seen you? How often? I had a habit in, in our home... Uh, where we lived the last several years. Before that, our first house, I had a recliner in the corner, and then as I got older and my back gave me more problems, the recliner doesn't always feel so good. And so the last several years, I'd get up in the morning and I had my spot at the kitchen table. And I'd go there every day, even if at times it was just to read my proverb and then go to the church. But I'd get up every day and I'd sit there and open my Bible and I'd read for a while and I'd pray for a few minutes then often I'd go and I'd leave and I'd leave it there. If I went to the church, I'd have another Bible because I wanted when my kids were getting up in the morning, I wanted them to see dad reading his Bible, walking with God. Because it's, it, it's not just important that I say that I do. They need to know that I do. Dad, have your kids seen you read your Bible? Mom, have they seen you? Do they see you walk with God? Do they know that you, you live a life of prayer? Do your children know of any prayers that God has answered for you? Have you ever prayed for things together that God has answered? To then where you could say to your children, man, look what God did. Man, we asked the Lord and we prayed and God did this. We had been in New Brunswick for a year. We had a 1999 Chevy Suburban and uh, I'm a Chevrolet guy, so don't knock them, All right. And uh, we had drove that around for several years in deputation. And often going up a hill, it'd start to shudder and shake. It had a misfire. We could never figure out what was wrong with it. I changed plugs and wires and distributor and rotor and all these different things. I even did a a fuel injector one time. Thank God it still ran after I did that. Amen. (laughs) That's what happens when you're a missionary. You can't afford to have someone do it. You do it yourself. And back in that day, it didn't have YouTube. It was the Haynes Manual. Remember those? I'm dating myself. Amen? But for years, we drove it like that. Then we got to Canada. It got really bad. I took it to a mechanic. He finally had the bright idea to check the compression. Nobody had ever done that for me. I had one cylinder that was almost totally dead. Now, the first part of that miracle was we drove it around for three years like that. And it never died on us. We never broke down on the road. And uh, so I said, what do you got to do? He said, you need the motor rebuilt. You need a new motor. That's all you can do. And so, and maybe if there's another answer, he didn't tell me that, all right? (laughs) But uh, so I said, well, just, all right, we'll find a place. Go ahead and do it. Thing was, we didn't have any money to do it. So I went home that day. I got the family together. We sat down in the living room. I said, listen, we need to pray. I said, the engine's blown in the truck. We don't have any money. I said, we need God to help us. We got together and we prayed. Maybe five minutes. We got done and kind of talked about it. We'll just have to trust the Lord. And uh, I think it was two days later, as they were already starting to get the motor pulled out of my truck. You know, they're doing the work. I don't have any money. I went to the mailbox and pulled out, and I get this envelope from such and such a church man, what's this? And I walk in into the house and I open it up. And I mean, it's within dollars of the quote that I was given Amen. that it was going to cost us to have that truck repaired. Amen. Amen. And you know, the, the amazing thing about that was they would have had to send that even before we ever took it to the mechanic to know what that the engine was blowing. And it just said, Dear Brother Seely, God laid on our you guys on our heart, and our church wanted to do something for you, so we took an offering. Here it is. Twenty five hundred dollars, something like that. And God met the need. But the greatest thing about that was we sat down and we prayed and said, God, will you supply this need? And my children got to see God answering them. And God's done things over and over like that. But folks, that has to that's not just for the missionary. That's not just for the preacher. Those are things that God needs to do in your lives, in your homes, for your kids to see that God is real, so that they can grow up and not just be saved, but they can grow up and know the Lord. Know the Lord. Do your children? Do you do you live a life of worship and praise? There's so many dead churches today. Have your kids ever seen you praise the Lord? Have they ever heard you grumble out an amen in church? Or is it just an oh me? You know, it, it, it's not going to hurt anybody to say amen. I mean, it won't hurt you to shout amen every once in a while. Amen. When the preacher's preaching that Jesus saves or his mercy endureth forever, or the grace of God is greater than all our sin or it's only by the blood that we can be saved. Those are some things worth saying amen about. Amen. But have your kids ever seen you worship God? pray? You know, it's okay to every once in a while if the Lord moves just to lift up a hand. And 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 praise the Lord. The Bible says, "Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting." Right. He talks in Psalms about lifting up the hands in praise. I'm not talking about Pentecostal charismatic, but it's okay to praise God. It's okay to say, "Thank you, Lord." Amen. 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 Uh, have they ever seen that? Or do your kids know that you love God? If so, how? If somebody said. To your child, does your dad, does your mom love God? Oh yeah, my parents love God. How do you know? Again, have they seen you read the Bible? Have they seen you pray? Do they see you serve the Lord? Do they see you be a witness? Have your kids ever been with you when you ever talked to somebody about Christ? Have your kids ever seen you give someone a gospel tract? Have your children ever seen you knock on a door and invite somebody to church? Do they know that you love God? Do they know that you live a life of faithfulness? They said it rose a generation here that knew not the Lord. You say why? Because they did not pass on the knowledge of God and the things that God had done for them. Real quick, look at Deuteronomy chapter number 6. And My time is up. Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Verse number six, here's what the Lord told them in these words, which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. and Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. He said, thou shalt teach them, not just teach them, diligently. Diligently. It's not the job of the church to teach your children the Bible. It's your job, Mom. It's your job, Dad. What what are we teaching them? What are we passing on? Look at Psalm 78 real quick. Psalm 78. In verse number 1, the Bible says this, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. So somebody passed it on to them, right? Right? verse number 4 we will not hide it them from their children showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. You know what God's saying? The things that we've known, the things that we've heard, the things that we've seen that God has done for us, we need to pass to our children that they might pass to their children. But what we pass down is our love for our sports team and our love for our hobbies and our love for our movies and all the entertainment of this world. Our kids know more about all of that stuff than they know about what God has done for us. Judges 2, real quick. Judges 2. I want you to see the result. God gave a revelation. God gave a reason. Look at the result. Verse 11. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. You know you know why our children go to the world oftentimes? Because we don't pass it on. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods. That didn't just happen to Israel. It's happening today. in generation after generation. And the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth, And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. He delivered them into the hands of the spoilers that spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. And I ask you this tonight, is that what you want for your kids? The hand of God. To be against them because they forsake them because you didn't have the time to pass on to them the knowledge of God and the things that God has done for you. Just randomly, my wife read this statistic to me today. The average parent in our world today spends 15 minutes of quality time with their children a day and sadly i'd venture to say in many a christian home it's not much different you say why would you say that cuz we're not producing a generation of missionaries and evangelists and pastors you say why are you preaching this tonight brother can i say it this way missions starts in the home who cares if i reach the world If I lose my kids and they die and go to hell or go to the world and live a wasted life. Who cares who else I reach? God help us to raise a generation that knows the Lord. Father help us tonight I pray. Lord little is much when God is in it. And so often we're concerned with what we do out in this world. Father, we need to have greater concern for what we're doing in our homes. Lord, there's not one of us that bats a thousand. God, you know the mistakes that I've made as a father, as a husband, as a parent. But I thank you by the grace of God today that my children are saved. I thank you for a son that surrendered to go to the mission field. I thank you for a boy that preaches in the prisons. And Lord, by your grace, I hope that they all will come to know you in a greater way than I ever did. Lord, I pray you'd place in the hearts of these people tonight, Lord, a vision, not just for the world, but a vision for their families. Give us as men a vision for our children. Give us as mothers a vision for our boys and our girls, that they might grow up to know you. Father, bless this time we pray in Jesus' name.